Please open your Bibles to Isaiah 55. Before our winter revival, the Lord laid this passage on my heart. And uh, I had memorized this a year and a half ago. And it never really, you know, spoke to me during that time. But just maybe two or three weeks before the revival, I was reciting that in my mind. And it just came alive. And uh, because it is really about revival. So let's, let's read a few verses. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but just a few verses here. Verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I forgot to turn my mics on. And then look at verse 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, and he, for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. And then look at the end of the chapter. Verse 10. For as the rain cometh down in the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for how you've visited us, how you've uh, worked in our lives these past few weeks, and, and for what you're going to do. In the yes. years to come. Yes. And God, you, you've answered so many of our prayers and we praise you. We, we honor and glorify you for who you are and for how you love us. Yes. And we, we're just so thankful, God, oh. that, you, that, that, that you are mindful of us and, and have, have cleansed us from our unrighteousness. And Lord, I pray now that you would uh, take this meeting and meet with us. And I pray, God, that you would, you would give clarity of thought, clarity of uh, liberty, and not just to me, but to, to everyone, that's, that you would have a, give a, a testimony tonight, Father. Yes. And, and I pray that, there, that uh, we would just trust in you, Lord, and, and depend upon the Spirit to do his work. Yes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So what's God's message in this chapter, Isaiah 55? Well... If, uh, if you are thirsty, then that message is for you. Because it starts, Ho, everyone that is thirsty. So, and then I read verse 6, If you're thirsty, seek the Lord while He's near. And seek Him while He may be found. Well, the Lord is here now. He's, the Lord is close. The Lord <laughs> is moving. And... And then it goes on, it says, let the wicked forsake his way. So, forsake his thoughts and the unrighteous man his, his, 
his ways and his thoughts. So what does it mean to forsake your way and your thought? Well, there's, there's areas in all of our lives where we are growing, right? Hopefully. So we all have areas where we, are, where we can see the fruit of the Spirit at work. But there's other areas where, where it's not like that. There's areas where, where it seems like nothing's growing. And whenever we get into a, a place, a situation where uh, we're uncomfortable and maybe it's, we're challenged in that area, we tend to pull back and say, well, I can't do that. And then we say to God, yeah, you leave that alone. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to deal with that. So, but what does it mean to, um, to forsake one's thoughts and to forsake one's way? You know, maybe, maybe there are uh, sins that we have not been able to, to quit committing. Uh, maybe there are disciplines that we have not been able to be consistent in. Maybe there are relationships that are just not where they should be. Well, maybe those areas, you know what I'm talking about, areas where the Holy Spirit is not in complete control. Now, the Holy Spirit, well, really Christ, Christ bought us with His own blood, with His precious blood, and He didn't buy, he didn't buy uh, uh, an interest in our person, but He bought all of us together. Every single part of us, He purchased with His blood. But there are areas where we say, no, this is not for you, God. Well, that's not right. <laughs> so, but what do we do? What do we do when this happens? Or when, with those areas? The, here's, here, here's how God feels about this. Uh, you can, uh, now don't turn to that, but I'll just read to you that. Uh, in James 4, 5. This is how, how God feels about it. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? Well, this is kind of the old King James language, but what it's saying is that the Holy Spirit who dwells in us is jealous of those areas that are not surrendered. He wants access to those areas, not for selfish reasons, but because He wants us to grow and to flourish and to bring forth fruit in every area of our lives. And, and that brings Him glory. Does the Bible, does He not say, did Jesus not say, if you bear much fruit, that brings glory to His Father. So, to, to forsake your way and to forsake your thoughts means to yield those areas to Christ. It doesn't mean to clean up your act. That's how we, as, you know, as sinners, <laughs> usually think about it. Oh, there's this area, I really need to work on that. I need, really need to get that cleaned up. I really need to this and that. But I don't believe that's what the way is to, to get victory. The victory is to say, God, I've, I've had my way with this area long enough, and I have messed it up, and I can't do anything with it. Now, please, I'll give you this area. Take it plow it up, do whatever you need to do to make it fruitful. <laughs> and uh, 
And that's all, all, that's all he wants us to do. Now, I prayed before the, when, when, I, when the, the Lord brought this, this passage to my attention, I prayed for myself that God would plow up these areas in my life that are barren. And for the church, that, that he do, would do that in all of us. And I believe God answered that prayer. Because when, when the evangelist John Van Gelderen came, he didn't preach a whole lot on this sin and that sin. He just, he just preached on how to, how to uh, get out of this self-effort. That, that's kind of the message I got out of it. So, but, so, so God did that. God plowed up the ground. So, so when the evangelist came, the, the ground of our souls was a freshly plowed field just ready to receive the seed. And then he used John Van Gelderen to sow the seed. And he did. That's exactly what happened. And we received it. We received the seed. We were not like those, those souls in the parable, like the wayside where the birds picked it up, or, or the hard ground, because it was plowed up. Or the thorns, because that's, that's part of forsaking the way, is to get rid of the thorns as well. So we received the seed. But what now? It's like now the revival's over. Well, the meeting is over. <laughs> but I pray revival's not over. Amen. I think it's just beginning. Amen. Um, so when you think about this picture of the field, it's plowed, it's seeded or planted. It doesn't look, at this point, doesn't look any different from when it before it was plow, uh, uh, before it was seeded, it still looks barren. There's nothing visibly growing right now, but it's fundamentally different than it was before, because the living seed is there. Amen. That living living seed is there. So maybe you've already been tested on some of those commitments that you've made during during the last week. I have. And maybe you haven't done too well when you were tested. I haven't. <laughs> like I, I had a, a, a test last week with one of my co-workers. And uh, it was rough. <laughs> I didn't do very well. Um, and maybe you're wondering if what you learned during this revival time had it made any difference. Maybe you're afraid, oh, I'm just going to go back to the way I was. Well, James 5.7 says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. So, when you plow a field and you sow the seed, if there is no rain, nothing's going to happen. So the, the rain is absolutely necessary, but what is the rain? What, is, what does the rain represent? Well, I believe it's the Holy Spirit. Now, in, with the, this expression, you, you read this quite a bit in the, in the Old Testament, the early and the latter rain. Now, I looked this up, the climate in Israel, it's... it's it's basically a rainy season and a dry season. The rainy season is in, uh, like starts in November, goes through March, and then the rest is dry season. 
So the seeding time is in November. That's the early rain. But then it rains all throughout the winter season until the harvest, which is the latter rain. So it's not there's, there's an early rain, it stops raining, and then there's a latter rain, but there's rain throughout the season. And what a picture that is, that that, that fruit, that, that, or that seed that is in our souls and, and is to grow, it needs the Holy Spirit not just one time here and one time there, but it needs the Holy Spirit all the time. Nothing's going to grow without the Holy Spirit. But it is God's will, and it is the Holy Spirit's work to make that seed grow. And, and He's going to do it. He's, it's going to happen. Now, now I've, I've been to, uh, in the past, I've, I've uh, followed some preaching that was always kind of like, alright, here's, this gives these testimonies of this person who, was just messed up, totally messed up about something. Or their whole life was messed up. And, and then they received this one truth from the Bible, and then they were free, and they, they worked in victory ever since. And that was the constant refrain of, of that preaching. But it really doesn't work that way. You know, we hear truth, and it, uh, it doesn't immediately... I mean, sometimes it does... Of course it can happen, but as a rule, it doesn't happen immediately. As a rule, you hear the truth, and then you start applying it. And, you know, when you try it the first time, or second time, third time, you're not going to do very well. You, you haven't learned it, and you probably still do a lot of it in the flesh, but you are learning. And, and it's a process of growth. Growth is slow, by definition. Growth is slow. So, all this to say this, don't be discouraged when right now you don't really see any change, visible change, immediately. Just keep trusting the Lord. Keep seeking the Lord. And, and just yield to Him when he, when he tells you to do something or to quit something. So that's, that's my testimony.